Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. In today's episode, we have the beautiful Diana joining us. Diana, where are you joining us from? Uh, Alejandra, I am out of the Chicago land area in Illinois. I love it. Tell me about you. Well, that is a loaded question, girl. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, so should we start with you're a very successful individual? You're a very inspirational female. You have gone through a lot. You are a human trafficker survivor. Tell me yeah. about that. So, you know, I, I'm actually the oldest of five. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I, there's three girls, two, two boys. My mom became a single mother. My father mm-hmm. was very abusive to me and my mother specifically, not really to my siblings. Cause you know, as the oldest, you take a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was 15, I ended up calling the police on him and got him like removed from the home. My sister and I were actually placed in foster care for a okay. little bit. And then my mom made sure that we got out of there and went to, what, uh, what, diff- what about, so it's three of you, right? Three siblings. You were the oldest. No, I'm the oldest of five. Oh, okay. So two of you got placed in foster care. Me and my sister. Yeah. And it, the and other it, ones were very young, very okay. young at the time. So uh, that was when I was 15. And I don't even think my youngest brother was born yet. Okay. So yeah, because I think my mom was pregnant. And when this started, when this all happened. So um, it was me and my sister, like that's right beneath me, went, got placed in foster care mm-hmm. for very, I think it was like a night or two. And then we got removed. I went to stay with my grandparents. She went back to be with my mom. And then, you know, then my, my parents ended up getting divorced. Okay. And it was a very rough it was rough, like for several years until I moved out of the house because I, you know, I would work like several jobs and give my mom half my paychecks yeah, yeah. just to help support the household. And she was pregnant at the time, you know, cleaning, scrubbing floors on her hands and knees, you know, mm-hmm. being pregnant. And my father, he had emptied out all the bank accounts, like took, went and charged up all the credit cards, basically leaving my mother with nothing. And so I had an intense feeling of responsibility yeah. to help support my family. And then of course, you know, when you are a product of an abusive home, you end up getting in relationships that are abusive. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, that was just a, a domino effect for me and, you know, getting involved in human trafficking, just kind of like being convinced that that was something to do, you know, sex work and um, not thinking there was anything wrong with it. And then over time, as you get older, because it was 17 when I entered into that and as you get a little bit older and you was a baby, 17, you're a baby. Yeah. Yeah. I was very young. So as you get a little bit older and you start realizing like, this is not good. This is not right. It's not normal. You know, then you start, I started stepping outside of myself and trying to get myself out of that lifestyle. And um, yeah, I had gotten involved in a lot of drugs, took a lot of drugs during that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was never an addict. Luckily I don't have that personality. Like I how, would... how do you know when you become an addict? Does that make sense? Because yeah. the, like the consumption gets bigger, right? And whatever yeah. you're used to taking isn't enough or, or it's not giving you just same buzz but some people are in self-denial so when when would someone say you know what I actually need help 
I have no idea. I just knew that it wasn't fun anymore. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. So like, okay. I just stopped, you know, for me, I was just like, uh, I, you, you start doing it cause you think it's fun. And then for me and then people that are addicts keep chasing it. Okay. That's what, that, like, at least that's what I think. Yeah. And they never can get that same high again. And the, so they just keep chasing it over and over and over again. When it stopped being fun, I was like, oh, I'm done with this. So okay. I didn't, you know, I was not like, keep, I didn't keep chasing it. If that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Another question was, say, for example, what you said about the domino effect in our family, when when we're a product and we grow up seeing that, when did you begin to realize that this is not what I want or this is this is not how things should be? Because when we grow up and we see that reflection, we become that reflection because yeah. that's our normal, right? But when when did you start seeing that things could be different? So when I was like 21, 22, maybe is when I started getting in, I, I, I got, I found a counselor. I got into therapy. Wow. I was like, I just did not want to keep repeat the pattern. Mm-hmm. I wanted to fix my life. And I knew if I kept going down this path that I would probably end up dead. And so, you know, or I would not amount to anything like the, that fear of living in a freaking, you know, trailer park all cracked out with and t- toothless was not something that I was, <laughs> that was not a dream of mine. So I was like, no, let me uh, take control of my life. And I did some intense therapy for a while. You know, I just kind of wanted to, to, you know, and I think that growth and, you know, going through therapy in your life is constant and never stops, you know, because there are things that you get triggered or, you know, maybe you go through a bad experience at your job or with yeah. a family member, you know, I lost my husband six years ago. So like, I'm you sorry know, to you, hear that. thank you. No, it, it, I'm way good. I'm actually in the best place I've ever been in my life. And he's in a good place because he was sick for a very long time. So, you know, I think that throughout life, you know, life throws a lot of curveballs, and we're not, we're not born with this instruction manual on how to handle it. So everybody's unique. We're all, you know, we're all made up differently. And so we have to figure out ways to, to cope or to grow through our struggles and not get caught up in them. And I think that, you know, mental illness is a, is a problem because mm-hmm. people get so caught up in that, in the, in the struggle and that, and it breaks them down on the inside out. And so if you can learn how to find healthy outlets or way to deal with some of that, it's a, you know, it sets yourself up for success and not failure. Wow. What you said was just powerful because some people are looking for that outlet in, in things that will only bring them down. For example, drugs. Like I know people that will prefer to numb the pain. They prefer the bottle to drink yeah. away the sorrows. But the problem is, it's like, at the end of the day, you're just harming yourself. Like, okay, you can drink. And yes, of course, it's legal. You go into any supermarket, you can get it. But at the end of the day, you're, you're only going to have a hangover. And at one point, that bottle or that line, if you're snorting, if you're smoking, whatever you're doing, it's not going to be enough. The empty feeling will still be there after the session is done. Oh, yeah. It's called self-medicating. You self-medicate, you know, to put a bandaid on the problem, you know, and, and then for a moment you forget about it. But when you wake up the next day, it's still there and you're going to have to either deal with it or you're going to have to continue to put that, you know, self-medicate and put that bandaid over it. So, you know, never truly heals unless you are re- ready to face it and figure out how you can heal from whatever trauma that, yeah, yeah. that, that created that you know you to do that to yourself yeah no I love it what you said was so so powerful with regards to the counseling that you began who who like did you think it was just 
destined at that given moment for you to be introduced to counseling or did someone direct you or how did that work? I started getting into martial arts at like 18, 19 years old and getting on that path of martial arts, learning discipline. At first I wasn't disciplined. At first I thought I was a badass. I was ready to fight everyone. And as I started getting more skilled Mm -hmm. as a martial artist, I learned that having restraint and having a more discipline over my emotions and my mm-hmm. reaction was an even stronger tool and made me even more dangerous really. Yeah. And so I started reading a lot of books and as I started reading more books and like, just to kind of meditate, learn how to meditate, learn how to become more strong on the inside is when I realized like, okay, I have a lot of stuff I still need to deal with and I need someone to help guide me. You know, you can read a ton of books but sometimes it's really important to have someone who's not a part of your, your equation that is going to tell you, you know, one or one thing or another, like to boost you up. It's, it's good to have an outside perspective to kind of guide you to where you can start healing. I mean, you can start healing on your own, but there are, there are layers. We're like an onion, man. I'm sure you've heard that before, you know, like I'm 45 and I'll be 46 this year. And there, I mean, I'm a lot better. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm very happy, but there are things that trigger me still that are yeah. from the past, from past relationships, past pain, past hurt. And I'm still learning how to communicate better at those times that have tri- that trigger me and say, Hey, listen, I'm feeling this way because of something I experienced in my path. And I need you to reassure me that you're not going to do the same thing to me that was done to me back then. You know, like as we get older, hopefully we learn the skills to. to Exactly. So no, it was, it was just a a path of healing and trying to um, find the right way for myself. Exactly. And, and it's not an easy journey. And sometimes it's a very lonely journey because Sometimes when you're in an environment like that, you're looking for an outlet and sometimes it, it, it's not given to you. Sometimes you have to read the book. Sometimes you need to get out of the environment. Sometimes you may have to go to the library. Sometimes it, it may just start with a YouTube video and then kind of like seeing how you can connect with people. Because when you come from an environment like that, where it's toxic, it's abused, people are talking down on you, people are screaming at you. There's a lot of darkness tied to it. So you have yeah. to slowly crawl out of that darkness to find the little light. And sometimes we're just looking through these walls and we're trying to peep out where is that light. Yeah. And then did you did you ever keep in contact with the girls or like was it like a community? Like say for example, when you began your work at 17? No, no, not I, I'm not in that community. I don't know, talk to anybody from back then. Not at all. And- I changed all my numbers when I met my late late husband. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you know, he was kind of like my knight in shining armor, so to speak. Yeah, although he wasn't perfect, don't get me wrong. But like that was like a turning point for me in my life. And I kind of changed all my numbers and I moved forward and completely changed my life. And I'm glad I asked you this question because it just goes to show that sometimes we do have to change our numbers. Sometimes we have to close a chapter in our life. Sometimes oh, yeah. we do have to move on because sometimes it's like we are so attached. We want to bring the past with us. Yeah. And we and we want to bring everyone. Yeah, but she's my friend. And and you, but it's like if you're sober and your friend is doing drugs and you want to bring your friend, but your friend isn't ready. There's only so much you can do to bring your friend. And if you're on that path of self-discovery, of self-healing, sometimes you either you need to move away or you have to change your number. And this is a message to like all the gals that are listening. Like if you know you're in a relationship or you have to change your number, like say like with me 
in my example I had to change my number I had to I had to block and I had to change my number because it's you could still love the individual but yeah. the individual may not be for you and and you could be a ride or die for the individual but sometimes you don't do it for them or for you or for your ego it's like you have to do it for you for just healing just healing oh, in yeah. itself yeah I mean that because this can be like a gateway to open to keep that door open to like you know sometimes you got to put your past behind you I actually had one one girlfriend that you know I kind of had stayed in touch with after the fact you know mm-hmm. after I like kind of moved on and she called me one night when my late husband and I worked together, you know, we had several businesses together and, you know, we were very successful. She called me one night when we were on our way back from one of our trips, visiting customers. And she was so fucked up. Like, so, excuse me. I, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. It was so messed up. But, if I could but tell can you, was like, can you imagine the shock you're coming with your husband from like yeah. a business meeting or whatever you're doing. And then you get this phone call and you're like in shock. Like what is going on? Well, she, I mean, I knew how she was, oh. but like, I was just like, she's calling me like out of the middle of nowhere and she's wasted. And I was just, I told her, I said, well, I love you. You know, if you ever want to get help for yourself, I would love to continue to have a friendship with you. And since that point, she never like contacted me again. Like, and she won't even like, you know, I think I reached out to her one time after, cause she was a really good person. She was just messed up, like doing a lot of, a lot of drugs. Mm-hmm. And, um, she just would never want anything to do with me after that. Cause I, I called her out. She would carry like, she would carry like a, a contact case in her bra and just do like hits all day long, like every day. And so how, like, how did she was- afford it? Was she just like constantly working to be able to oh, afford yeah. it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and she was older than me. So, I mean, I don't know. I wish her well. God bless her. I hope she's safe and she's healthy. But I just remember, like, I was like, holy cow, you know, I just told her, I said, I can't have a relationship with you. If you, if you get help, I would love to, you know, stay in touch. And so she never talked to me again after that. Mm. And it just goes to show that sometimes we want to bring the whole crew with us, all our friends, but they may not be ready. And everyone yeah. has a choice, regardless of how close we are, regardless of all the memories, regardless of the giggles and the hugs and, and the sharing. Like, you know, it could be like the most simplest thing, sharing dinner together, walking back home from work or, you know, the, the girl talks, the advice. But sometimes we have to move forward and everyone has a choice. And just yeah. giving everyone the option at the end of the day, that I'm here for you if you make it to the other side and if you cross the other side I'm going to be here for you and it's going to be like always but it will be better because either we're sober we're in more successful positions we are safe Um, and and that's what sometimes takes us back to our past like our attachment to to the environment to the individual to whatever that may be yeah very true very true I yeah. know. So then from there, so I have here my notes. You closed a 20 million contract. Yeah. So we had five businesses. We, it was in the automotive industry and it was manufacturing, not something that I really was crazy about, but that was his, his line of work. And so when we first started working together, you know, I really was just like watching and observing. And as I got more involved, you know, he had told my late husband had told me like, I really underestimated you. And I said, yeah, you really did. And so over the years, I became an incredible asset to the organization. And and I eventually became vice president of key accounts and business operations. And we had several other businesses that we had opened outside of the one main one. And my, my mate, I actually closed several multi-million dollar contracts. That wasn't the only one, but that was the biggest one that I had gotten by Mm -hmm. far. Then I had to fight for that one because it was on a bid. It was a government bid. 
with the state of South Carolina for four years, I believe it was four years, $5 million a year. And, you know, I was very proud of that. When we got that letter that we were, we won, I was like in shock and awe because I, like I had done that. I had massaged the relationship with the procurement to understand what they needed to really, you know, fine tune our submission for the bid, our contract. And it was just a really great moment for me. You know, I mean, if they kept that, kept that contract, I don't know because he had passed away after we won it and like the, everything turned to shit (laughs) and I almost lost everything. So, but that was a really, that was a, um, a memorable moment for myself. So, you know, I was very proud of that. Wow. Congratulations, girl. Where, like, what do you think helped you? Was it the communication? Was it the rapport? Was it the dedication, the consistency? What allowed you to be in that position of, of success? Well, I am a leader by nature. Uh, being an old, uh, the, the oldest sibling and just my personality, I'm a very strong personality. I mean, it would, you wouldn't have known it when I was growing up because I was very shy, but as I've grown into a, being a woman, I'm very type A, I'm, I'm pretty aggressive, you know, it scares some people sometimes, which, you know, Do you? what? Do you? Because some people get intimidated, say if they have yes. like a leader or, or, or strong personality, some people don't like that. No, not as a female. You know, if you have a man, it'd be completely different, but I'm, I'm a woman. And so it, it like, it scares them, like, especially men, you know, they're, they don't know how to deal with that. Sometimes you, they automatically want to label you as a bitch or what have you. But so I, I was always, uh, you know, I took on a, a leadership role there at our business together. And I'm, I'm very good at making decisions like good, bad, or indifferent. I'm very decisive. And I made a lot of the decisions right off the bat and where other people could not. And so being, having that skill set in my personality allowed me to be very successful in that role where I didn't get, my late husband didn't give me the vice president title. I had to earn that, you know, over time. So over time of proving myself day in and day out and learning the business, he appointed me the vice president and was grooming me to be president. I was going to take over the company. And, you know, I just, I'm, I'm a good businesswoman, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, a, I'm very business minded. And sometimes I have to, and that's a natural, that was not like, I have a natural business mind mm-hmm. and I, I've had to learn over the years to separate my business mind from my personal mind, you know, like my personal life, that's and business powerful. Life, because I would treat my relationships like I, in my personal life as I would a business relationship. And it's very different. So like, you know, cause you almost are looked at like you're hardened. And where I was not, it was just to ha- how I knew how to operate, you know? And so I'm sure a lot of that had to do with what I experienced as 17 and that lifestyle, just being like, you know, kind of shutting yourself out off to speak, so to speak. And like, kind of being like, this is just business. I'm just going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. to break those patterns, you know, it took me a long time. For the person, I understood you straight away, but for the person that may not understand, how could we explain it in a different way or with an example? In regards to what? Shutting yourself up? To the relationships, because some people may not know when to stop or when to pursue something. Does that make sense? So if you're, so from business person, like how you deal with things in business and in personal, you know, your, your family, your loved ones, they aren't colleagues, you know, they are people that love you and can get triggered by how you talk to them and not think that you love them and care for them because of your tone. And so you know, if you are very business minded and are a little cold in that nature, and you have to learn how to be a little bit softer and more warm when it comes to your, your family life and your loved ones, because that's, you know, it, and it's hard. It, it takes effort and you have to practice at it. You have to be aware. Like, I think that's the main thing is be aware 
of how you are as an individual, because you can just go through life on, you know, on autopilot and not realize what you're doing. Like, even we make faces, sometimes we don't realize it. And if someone's yeah. near us, they're like, what's that face for? And you're like, what are you talking about? It's the same thing. You know, it's the same thing, how you like your normal are, like, if you're, if you're working, you're a professional, you're a leader or what have you. And you're like this, this, like, get, get it done person, very sharp. You can't take that home with you. You got to leave that at, at the job. You know, mm-hmm. you can't be like that to your family and your loved ones. Cause they're not going to react the same. It's not going to, you know, you're not the lead. You're, you're supposed to go home and show them love and support and compassion. Whereas, you know, as a leader, you can have those things, but it's in a different, in a different way. I love it. I love it. No, because this is it's so <clears throat> true. We need to sometimes learn to tone down. Yes. Tone down or tone down or tone up, depending on what scenario you're in or in what environment. Deanna, you came out with a skincare line. I did. Uh, I actually sold out this year. I think it was this year. My mom and I started together. It, we had a gold serum that did very well. I actually had, was in several salons here in the Chicagoland area, and we had a 24 karat gold colloidal gold um, moisturizer and we were going to add on to the skincare line but then the pandemic happened and just things kind of fell apart so I you know I just sold the rest of what I had and I have not looked at re like refilling and you know I might I might do that in the future as things progress but you know after the the pandemic it was kind of hard to continue to grow and get more salons and just build that brand do you think people can learn to be a leader or do you think it comes naturally? That's a good question. I don't know. Cause I know that people have been, there's been people that I've run into that have been appointed a leader. And I was like, what the hell is this person? You know, just because they've been able to work their way up the rank in a, in an organization does not necessarily mean that they are cut out to be a leader. I'm sure you've run across it too. You know, I, I don't know if that's something that you can really teach unless they actually go through some coaching, some intense coaching mm-hmm. to really kind of step out of their, you know, who they are programmed to be. You know, we all are put on this planet and born a certain way. We can reprogram ourselves, but it does take, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of like, you know, awareness of who we are as an individual. So it's possible, but I know I've, I ran into some leaders. I'm like, this motherfucker should not be like running the show. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm just going to say it like it is. And like, you know, we, we've all met them. I know. Yeah, we all have. I, I remember when, um when in my first job, out like in my first job after uni this guy was put as the leader like he's running the department and he was really struggling like you could tell so at four o'clock we still had not had our lunch and we worked in healthcare so 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 it's like you you need those skills if a patient comes out on because I work in recovery so if a patient comes out unconscious you need someone to relieve you because who's going to look after the unconscious patient? Yeah. Like, and yeah. then she, and he's like four o'clock. He's like, why haven't you had lunch? And I'm like, we've both had two patients each. How yeah. can like, the, we only got two eyes. We can't do so much. And he, like, you could just tell he was struggling. Like he couldn't yeah. even handle it. But yeah, it, it's true what you said. You came up with a um, clothing line. I did. That was very fun. That was one thing I had always told my late husband I wanted to do was get into fashion. I'm a total fashionista. Always have been since a little girl dressing up my mom and my grandmother's clothes, my mom's clothes, you know, taking my mom's clothes, <laughs> wearing my grandmother's heels, hats and everything. And, you know, I always, I just love clothes. I think it's a great way for a woman to be empowered, for a woman to express herself, you know, to be able to put an outfit together and feel good in it and just kind of shows your creative side. I did not go to school. 
to to do clothes to you know to create fashion to be a designer you know I had I know how to sew I made a lot of clothes in high school wow um but I actually found an uh an organization out of a consulting place out of Soho New York and I went to them to start my first collection hindsight I would have done a lot more research and I would have learned how to source a lot of things that they had done they did for me because I would have saved myself a lot of money yeah. and I would have done things a lot differently um, opposed to what they told me to do. And so they just were trying to look, they were just trying to make money, you know, mm. um, that's what they do. I don't, I didn't have deep pockets. Had I had deep pockets, it probably wouldn't have big, been a big deal, but I was taking everything that I had gotten from my late husband passing away to start a new life. And I invested a big chunk of that into becoming a designer. I was successful in a lot of ways. I think a lot of people probably wouldn't have taken that risk. You know, uh, I took a risk. I learned a lot of skills. I, if I ever want to get back into fashion again, I could definitely do it. I have a lot of the resources. I know how to start and the connections. I, you know, I have the connections, all that stuff. I was on the runway in Rhode Island. I was on the, the t- local TV there. I was a finalist for the Cadillac, um, style Chicago, uh, the the Cadillac design challenge. So Cadillac picked me as one of the finalists. And so like, I've had, had a lot of success. I had a Kickstarter where I raised over $5,000 and, um, I had two production runs, which is great. That's huge for, um, for fashion. But I said, after my third collection, if it didn't really take off, I couldn't Mm -hmm. keep throwing good money after bad. So I did my third collection and that was actually, I put together a huge event against human trafficking. And I had six other designers, including myself on the runway. We had sponsors. We had over 300 people. It was a huge, wow. huge, huge event. And those pieces are great. I actually should wear some of those. I, I, I keep forgetting I have them because <laughs> I made them in my size then. You know, that was one thing like they tell designers, you should always do it in model size, like in your sample size. But no, you don't do that. Do it in your own size and then and then scale down from there, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I was a fashion designer for a while, but I really understood how to start branding from that experience. Like I learned a lot. I mean, don't, I, I, at first when I said I'm done, I felt like a failure, but I had to remind myself that go taking the risk and actually putting myself out there, which is very scary. Like what you're doing right now, putting, putting yourself out there or having your voice is very scary because you don't know what the response is going to be. If you're going to be accepted, if people are going to not like it, they're going to judge you. Or if they're going to be offended. Some people get offended. They'll be like an episode could trigger someone in a way where they could be offended and, and the intention may be, be misinterpreted. And you're like, wait, why are you so upset for? I didn't even, you're not even in this podcast. Like what's going on? Yeah. So it's hard when you step outside of your comfort zone and what we're expected to be like, be good little people, like don't have a voice, you know, especially for women. And so that really allowed me to gain a lot of uh, self-confidence in that regard. And, you know, I didn't know how to be a self-promoter and have my own like elevator, elevator pitch that helped me get there. And it forced me to learn how to write a bio for myself, you know, which is very hard to do. Anybody's listening, trying that is learning to do that now, you're not alone. You're not alone. It's very hard. <laughs> but after a couple of tries, you know, you learn, you, you know, you're good. You're good. So yeah, it was a, a fun time. And 
I would probably go back to if I had a better business plan. I was just so wanting to be distracted by just losing my late husband Mm -hmm. uh, because I was with him for 17 years. I almost lost everything, like almost everything I had. And that was just a a way for me to stay distracted and just really focus on something else and have fun while I was doing it too. So yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. It really touches, you know, when something's so personal and you're just like, you know, because and, and we have changes in our life. We have to deal with the loss. We have to navigate our feelings. We have to, we're used to having someone's love, someone's comfort, someone's touch. And then suddenly they go and it's like, you know, what do we do now? Where do I pick up from now? You know, so we're always slowly navigating and trying to adapt to a new way of life and, and trying to find the beauty and the essence in everything. And just sometimes some people find it easier than others. And yeah. It's just knowing that any step will be quick, slow. It's a journey. Everything is a journey. This is true. Yes, it is. Diana, what what advice would you give to running multiple businesses or the importance of having multiple businesses? Um, well, the I mean, importance. I mean, to, to diversify your portfolio. If you're relying on one thing too much, just like if you're if you have a customer base and one customer is fifty four percent of your business, that's a very dangerous place to be. Because if they ever pull your biz their business from you, you're gonna be you're gonna be st- shit out of luck because yeah. that's fifty four percent of your income or yeah, your yeah. your revenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Um, The important, like the importance of running multiple businesses is having a good team in place and knowing how to delegate and holding people accountable. That was one thing that I, I learned as a leader is that even though you might have other leaders beneath you, they're not always any men too. Like I mostly men, it was the automotive industry. I was the only female leader. The rest of it were, were men. And just because they're uh, a male in a manager or leadership position does not necessarily mean that they know how to hold people accountable. And I remember we were in this, our, one of our meetings in our boardroom, and I was just so frustrated because our production was not where it was supposed to be. Our profit margin had shrunk so low because our, our guys, our leadership was not holding our workers accountable. And I held them accountable. I was like, well, you're responsible for these numbers. You're eroding our profit margin. We're losing money. And how am I supposed to pay you if you're not going to hold these guys accountable? And I remember telling them, I've got bigger balls than all you guys in this room. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember that and I, like, it just came out naturally, not meaning to be like that kind of person, but, but I was so frustrated that how are these men that I'm empowering to lead the company and make sure that we're being profitable, not holding our workers accountable. Like you're responsible for this. And I'm like, because they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Well, I got bigger balls than you bring them in here. I'll hurt their feelings because they're paying them based on their performance. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's good. It's good because, um, and this goes for everything in business, in our personal life, in relationships. Like if we don't hold ourselves accountable or if we're slipping or we're, yes. in da- we're dating someone and we're, we are ignoring those red flags. And we're not oh, holding yeah. someone someone ac- accountable, girl. We like whether you see it now, whether you see it later, in six months, three months, it's gonna be a disaster. And yeah. this goes in like lessons like these go in every area of our life. Well, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 amazing for the person that is shy, for the person that does not know how to voice their opinions, for the person that can be easily bullied because you have a you're very um vocal, like you would say how it is. Yes. What what advice would you give to that individual? Uh, you know, I wasn't always this way. Like I said, I grew up, I was very shy as a little girl. I would say to force yourself 
put yourself in situations that's going to force you to be uncomfortable where you are forced to use your voice. And that is the only way, you know, cause they're probably screaming on the inside. Like I want to be heard, but yeah. they're just so scared. You know, they're living in this cage inside where they're all like jailed up. And it's like, you know, you can set yourself free. You just have to step aside. You know, at the end of the day, nobody really gives a shit, really. Nobody cares. You know, they might in that moment, say place a judgment on you, but tomorrow they're going to forget about you. So who cares? So you only have one life to live. You have something to say, just say it. Who cares? You have nothing to lose. Really? You have nothing to lose. You really don't. I mean, that's what I'd say. Cause that's what I did. I, I decided I didn't want to be shy anymore. And in high school, I took speech classes. Did you? What kind of I speech did not, classes? I was very freaking nervous. I was scared to death, but that's how I got over my fear of being what, shy. What is speech classes? Public speaking classes? Kind of. Yeah, you got to write a speech and then you got to get up in front of the classroom and you got to give your speech. And that's, so um, that's a skill. That is an absolute skill. Yeah, I guess so. I never think about it until you say. Yeah, yeah it's a skill because for the day you are in the boardroom, for the day you're debating someone, for the day that you need to be heard, for the day that you're like, listen, these are our targets. We're not hitting the targets. We are slipping. You have yeah. to present. And and it's what an amazing skill. It just goes to show that hobbies or classes we pick up will help us along the way in, in, sure. in, our, in our future self. That is absolutely amazing. I have here bodybuilding. Yes. Tell yeah. me about that. Well, I kind of goes hand in hand with the speech class. I love to work out. I think it's very therapeutic, very healthy. I mean, my mom always worked out. My grandparents worked out. I come from a long line of, of you know, athletes. Yeah. And so I'm just a natural athlete. You know, my sister had us had our blood work done, like our history. And I guess we're like Olympic athlete, like okay. Olympic, Olympic blood in our, in our, in our, in our family tree. But I, I've body built, I competed for, I don't know, 20 years. Wow. Uh, my last, my last show I took first. And even though I t- competed for that many years, every time I stepped on that sca- stage, I was nervous. I was scared. Like, you know, you're getting, you're putting yourself out there front and center, half naked in front of like 400 people. That's hard to do. (laughs) Before the pandemic, I was uh, three weeks out from competing again. And I was, I had every intention on hitting a national stage, but you know, that just wasn't in the cards because of everything that happened. So, you know, I still train every day. My fiance and I, we work out quite a bit. Oh, congratulations. Uh, You're engaged. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's a Chicago police officer. So, you know, Aww. he's I'm my protector. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for you. Thank Diana, you. if you had to start all over again, what would you change? If I had to start all over again, I'd probably take more risks early on and be more confident in what I was capable of. Because I feel <sighs> like because of my, my upbringing, my father being so abusive, it prevented me from stepping out, out into my power at an early age, instead of going down the wrong path. So I feel like I was cheated out of a lot of opportunities early on because of that. So in hindsight, that's what I wish I could change. What advice would you give to the girl that's going through healing that wants to get out of the life they may live that that may be in sex work that may be in a toxic, abusive relationship that may be from, um, from from the family dynamics that is abusive what what recommendations or what advice would you give to her trust your gut there's tons of fine resources there's tons of resources there's tons of people that are willing to help you don't be afraid to talk to someone 
you know, and let them know where you're at and just, you know, educate yourself on, you know, if you are unsure, if you feel like something is wrong, but you're unsure because you've been manipulation is very powerful. Very powerful. It's a drug. It's a drug because it's like persuasion. You, yes. you fall into it if you don't recognize it and you don't see it from the eyes of the individual that's doing it you'll fall in each time each and every yeah. time you'll fall into it and the gaslighting and the narcissism like mm. all that they those are weapons that you are used against you to continue keep you in that pattern and yeah. keep you under that whatever that is that you're in you know whatever area of your life so educate yourself get books, start reading. We all have a mini computer in our pocket. Exactly. Lots of information here at your fingertips and resources. So, I mean, empower yourself really, you know, and it's a, it's a never ending journey, right? You say it's all, I say this a lot because I have to remind myself because I have bad days still. I mean, we all do, you know, we're not, not every day is going to be perfect and sunshine, la, 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 lollipops and all that stuff. You know, we're going to have bad days. So it's all about the journey, not the destination. If you, you're going to have a bad day. And if you can learn how to get through that bad day better than the last bad day, then you've, you've healed, you've grown, you've learned some new tools. And so, you know, you just got to keep on that path and, and, and embrace the struggle. Yeah. You are caught up in an abusive relationship and you're getting gaslighted and narcissistic and they're manipulating you try to wake up to it, try to start standing up to yourself and learn how to kind of flip the script a little bit, because that's very powerful. Once you start doing that, you can start stepping into your power and getting out of that situation. It takes time though. It's not easy. It's not easy. I've been there there many times. Yeah. Yeah. Start with baby steps, start with counseling, start with changing your numbers, start with getting out the environment, start with going on holiday, whatever you do, just take a step and move forward. Everything will slowly fall into place. Knowing where you are now, knowing how like how much of a leader you are knowing that you've been in the position where where you're comfortable being around men in leadership roles where where you're not scared to be your own feminine or in our own feminine energy knowing that you've been able to close million dollar deals what advice would you give to yourself knowing where you are now to your to your younger self to your 17 year old self i probably would have stayed in school and got more schooling you know because even though I know all that stuff and I'm still strong in my, in, you know, as my feminine power, you know, I just, I actually just, um, got out of a job that that I thought was going to be a great opportunity, but I was too strong for their leadership. And it was mainly their culture was very different. And I mean, you know, sometimes you're going to be just too strong for certain organizations, you know, I don't know. I probably would have stayed in school and just, and got more, got more education. I love it. I love it. What is your favorite book? My favorite book. Um, what's my favorite book? I don't know. I've read so many books lately. The last one I learned was, or I read, I was in a class for it. Let me look it up. Something to grow rich. Napoleon Hill. Think and grow rich. Yes. Yeah. That have was my done, last favorite ha, book. Ha, have you done all your exercises? That that book is packed with exercises. Yeah. We did a lot of the exercises. Yeah. Oh, you did a class on it and you actually worked through yes. it. Yes, we did. Yeah. That is, that is powerful because I've just highlighted the exercise and I didn't do the exercises. <laughs> no, powerful. I did. Like it was awesome. It was a great class and I would do it again in a heartbeat and just do the, you know, I, like manifestation, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to manifest something, you have to do it over and over and yeah, over and you have exactly. to really believe it because exactly. thoughts are very powerful, exactly. you know, and I think that women have a little bit of a psychic ability and because we're so intuitive, 
Yes. And if you are, if you are pouring negative things into that intuition and that, that psychic ability, you're going to create a negative uh, surroundings. So you have to constantly pour positive into, into your soul as a female. I, that might be a little woo-woo for people, but honestly, I have, there are things that I have thought of that I, I manifested into my life as like, holy crap, this just happened. And it's also worked on the other side on the negatively where I've been like, man, I thought this, and this came to fruition. Yeah, I got to yeah. be careful what I fill my mind with. Exactly. My, you know, my exactly. Diana, what inspires you? What inspires me? I have a drive a natural drive inside, you know, if I'm having a low day and, and you I can't buy to... that, that drive can't be bought. No, no, it can't. Yeah, that's uh, something that you're born with, or, you know, you teach yourself to, to become driven. But if I'm having a low day or a low feeling day where I'm just like, Oh, I'm just not feeling so great today. You know, I've kind of had some bad, like some bad things happen. I will watch motivational videos. I'll put YouTube on and I will just, I will watch them and listen to them over and over and over mm -hmm. again. Just go down the list, all mm -hmm. my recommendations until I'm feeling I'm much better. And I turn that, that, that thought process around. I love it. Diana, how can our listeners, do you have any last words? No, thank you for having me as a guest. And I hope that my, my insight and my experience can really help someone if they're having a hard time. And, you know, I, I think that if what we go through in this world is a tool to help others get through it much better, if they're open to it. So if my, my experiences can help someone else, then I've done my job by sharing my story. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being so brave. Thank you for sometimes in this life, we go through certain things to be able to inspire other, others, to educate others, to show them to bring them along with us, even if they may choose or even if they may not be ready, they will know that you're on the other side, that if they are ready and they can come out of their own darkness, they can reach out to you. Yes, yes, you can. Yeah, so that's why sometimes we are put in certain situations, even though it hurts and we cry and we think, oh my God, what I didn't even deserve this. But sometimes we only can see things from a different lens forward in time when we see how we bless others through our words, through our actions or, or, or just by motivating them. Diana, how can we connect with you? How can our listeners connect with you? Everywhere. <laughs> I'm a social media whore. No, I'm kidding. But I have I have two Instagram pages, my podcast page, Label Free Podcast, and then Deanna Marie Lifestyle. I'm on Facebook, uh, Deanna Kempel, my last name. Then uh, the podcast page, and, and I have the lifestyle page too. I'm not very active on on Facebook, and I'm on LinkedIn, Deanna Kempel. I'm on TikTok. I'm on YouTube. I'm everywhere. So you Google search my name, you'll find me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Do you have what do we have from you coming soon? Would you write a book? We are in the process. Uh, we just started. Uh, we're going to be publishing a book on. Um, our first like 100 or so episodes of our label free podcast and like what it means to like my message on living label free, not allowing things from the past to define who you are moving yeah, forward right. and just stepping out into your own power and living dynamically. So I'm getting ready to publish that book. And um, yeah, I, I probably will have another one because I've been asked many, 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 many times to write a book about my story. I'm just not looking forward to that process because it, so it sounds so long. <laughs> At least I have all the content for my podcast. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, but it would be amazing because in a way is it would be therapeutic and very healing because you'll be able to reflect on how far you have come. 
Yes, very true. Yes. And and inspire other individuals that like I've done it so you can do it too. Only if you want to though. Only if you want to. Because sometimes we want to bring everyone with us. We want to bring the whole crew. And the whole crew ain't ready. They're just like not having it. So only if we want to. Diana, thank you for your time. Thank you for being on Gentle Touch. And thank you for being you. And thank you for being such a strong, strong individual. Like as a female, like you make other girls want to boss up. And, and yeah. say, you, yeah, <laughs> that energy, you know, that boss, boss babe energy. Like, you know, some things can't be bought. Yeah. So it's just knowing that like sometimes we we have to be strong sometimes we have to be comfortable working with other men in senior positions and regardless of how uncomfortable it may be regardless of like how we may think oh my god your banter is just awful like you guys are just like not my type at all like the way you behave the way you speak to each other is disgusting but you know because some some men are very like when they're you know when they're together they act very differently than if they're than if there was a lot of feminine energy around so oh yeah yeah so you know that so you know what i'm talking about but, oh, yeah, yeah. i just came from that environment so whatever exactly exactly <laughs> but it's just knowing that as females we need to be able to step up the game we need to be able to feel comfortable we need because sometimes if we're not strong enough we get pulled away that's true yes very true yeah you stay strong ladies and, and step into your power don't be afraid of it embrace it um, we all have it and just don't let anybody, um, dim you your know. light. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Dim I love your that. light. I love it. Diana, thank you for everything. Okay. Thank you for thank being you so on much. gentle touch and for your time and we'll be in contact soon. Okay. Yay. Sounds good. Can't wait for your book. Let me know when your book comes out. Okay. For sure. We'll definitely do. Of course. Cool. See you, sweetie. Thank you. Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.